said that to me, I realized what he was talking about. He was talking about something I had done 12 years ago, which I had went to the people and went to God and went to everybody and asked for forgiveness and all this, and everybody said, you're forgiven, and, but I didn't feel forgiven. I was holding on to that thing. And, and what that does is it gives Satan a doorway into your life where he can, at any strategic moment, he can remind you, you know, you shouldn't really be doing that because, you know, remember when you did so and so and such and such. I mean, it will shut you down. You, you can't be witness to these people. You're not a really a good Christian because of this thing. And you know what happened? I'm going to tell you something. Satan, right after I had that, I went and sat down in the room we were in. I was reading an article by someone who was, had a prophetic word about, you know, the Lord standing in between these two rows of Civil War soldiers. And, and they were coming by and they were laying their swords down on Jesus, in Jesus' lap. And there was blood, a pool of blood under Jesus', you know, at His feet. And the blood was, you know, civil war between Christians. And it, basically the thing was the Lord is, was unhappy with these people and said those people who, who get blood on their swords from their brother's blood, if their brother's blood is on their sword, God will not use those people to build His house. And that was the sin that I had just thrown in the sea of forgetfulness. Now you tell me, I go and do that, Ten minutes later, I'm sitting down reading a prophetic word, which I believe is a real prophetic word, really from God. But it's just like the enemy came to Jesus. If you're the Son of God, you know, tell these rocks to turn into bread. You know, the enemy will use the Word of God. Now, I knew right that moment I had a decision to make. I could have went right back into bondage over that. But I made a choice. I don't care. You know, that doesn't count for me no more because it's under the blood. It's under His blood. He's forgotten it. Therefore, I choose to forget it. And see, I can remember it right now in my mind, but it ha doesn't have that draw on me. It doesn't have that thing where the enemy can come and grab me and imprison me again. You see what I'm saying? So you've got to forgive yourself. Listen to uh, what Paul said. This is powerful uh, about this whole thing. And we've had some words in here. People have had some words about people need to forgive themselves. I think it's a real issue with people. But Paul said in 1 Timothy 1, verse 12 and 13, he said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because He counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Everybody can say, yeah, 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 Paul, he's the man. You know? But then he goes on and says, Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. I did it ignorantly and unbelieving. This is what Jesus said. Father, forgive them for what? They do not know what they do. And I think many times in our lives, we do things ignorantly and in unbelief. But Paul was able to say, I forgive myself for persecuting the church. I forgive myself for having people drug off to prison. I forgive myself for holding the people's coats that stoned Philip, the first martyr of the church. I forgive myself. I forgive myself of being a blasphemer, saying awful things about God. I forgive myself. He was free from it. He said, I attained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. You see, even as a Christian, sometimes we're just immature and we do stupid stuff. You know, shouldn't have done that. Oh, that was a mistake. Not necessarily a sin, 
just a bad mistake. Could have been a sin, you know. But we have to learn how to forgive ourselves. Father, forgive them for they do not what they do. So I want to ask you this morning, if you've got something in your heart that you've asked Jesus to forgive you for, and maybe you think, well, he has forgiven me, and you've asked if there's a person involved, or it may have just been a private sin, who knows, or a private mistake, or whatever, but you can't, you can't let go of it. You haven't forgiven yourself. You see what I'm saying? And you've got to forgive yourself. It's, it's like this. When people go Christmas shopping and go to the malls and they put all their toys and stuff in the car, you know, if you leave your car unlocked, somebody's going to steal all those toys, right? That happens a lot. They even break into cars. But this is leaving your car unlocked. This is leaving your house unlocked where the enemy can walk in and out of your life at will if you don't forget. It gives him an open door. It's a welcome sign to Satan, unforgiveness of yourself. Amen? So the first thing, first reason people don't forgive themselves is because they're surrounded by people who refuse to forgive them. The second reason people don't feel forgiven is because they won't forgive themselves. The third reason, are y'all, are, is this speaking to anybody? I hope it is. Because we're talking about the cross. We're talking about being a real Christian. This is being a real Christian. Forgive yourself of your sorry sins. Forgive yourself. I don't care what you did. You ain't done anything bad enough for Jesus couldn't forgive you. I'm not worried about blaspheming the Holy Spirit. I'm not worried about it. I wouldn't be standing in here. You wouldn't be sitting here this morning if you blasphemed the Holy Spirit. So don't worry about that one. Jesus will keep you. Third thing, you will not, this is the third reason you don't feel forgiven. You will not feel forgive others. Ooh, this is the one everybody thinks about. And since you refuse to do so, you cannot receive forgiveness. Did you get that? You refuse to forgive others, and therefore you cannot receive forgiveness. So you don't feel forgiven because you're in, tru- in truth you're not. And this is, what, this is a frightening verse. Jesus is teaching us to pray. And forgive us our debts. Now, I want you to get this. Everybody's heard this 98 times. As we forgive others. All right, now, this word as, if you look it up in the Greek, you know what it means? It means God forgive me of my sins like I forgive Ron Howard. Okay? Do you really want God to forgive you like you forgive other people? Ask yourself that question. Do you want Him to forgive you like you forgive other people? I'm serious now. Hey, forgive them. Yeah, I forgive you, you know. But don't you ever do that again. Is that how you... A lot of us forgive like that. I forgive you, but I will never talk to you again. Would you like God to forgive you like that? I forgive you, but I'm never going to say another word to you again the rest of your life. You're going to live in death spiritually. I half forgive you. I half forgive you. Halfway. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe. I'll talk to you tomorrow, but I'm going to pray about it. <laughs> can you imagine getting up in the morning, Jesus, please forgive me for all my sins. I don't know if I can or not. Because you've asked me this two times already. You know? See, we have to forgive. Because somehow, when we forgive others, it releases forgiveness to us. So I don't know how that works. I just know that's what it says. Somehow. So we've got to forgive. We've got to forgive ourselves. We've got to forgive others. And if you're around a bunch of people who won't forgive you, you've got to get away from them. That's the only solution I got for that one, is get away from them. You know, they don't, you know, somehow. 
I know a lot of you in here probably are living in households maybe with parents or, or maybe a spouse or something that holds unforgiveness against you. And, you know, there's, there's grace for that. You know, God will give you grace. God will give you protection. Not to let that, you know, get into your spirit. Turn over to Mark 15, and, this, and I'm going to stop here. I'm going to read one more verse, and I think it's really important. Did y'all want to know how to be a real Christian this morning? Isn't this sort of a surprising thing? Oh, that's what it means to take up my cross. I have to forgive myself. I have to forgive others. You know, that's sort of a surprising way of really what being a real Christian really is. Forgiveness. You know, it's not jumping around and, you know, shouting. And I mean, those are good things, but anybody can do that. You know, anybody can fake speaking in tongues. They really can. But, Bayro, you can't really fake forgiveness. You might say it, but in your heart you know it, and people know it when you don't forgive them. I know people right now that I've had to ask them to forgive me, and I can tell if they forgive me or not. I can feel it. I can sense it. This is a powerful word right here. This is another voice, not from Jesus on the cross, okay? Not from Jesus when he was hanging up there, Father, forgive them. But this is from a person who was at the cross that day, or people who were at the cross that day. Okay, and this is, this is powerful, I think. I've really never seen this before. But it's Mark 15, verse 29 and 30. It says, And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads, saying, Aha, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days. That's, that's one thing they were saying. Then they said this, Save yourself. Save yourself. Come down from the cross. Now, I believe every Christian is going to hear those same words. Save yourself. You don't have to forgive. Save yourself. You can hold a grudge. They deserve it. It's the same thing Jesus heard when he was hanging up there on that cross. And Jesus could have got down from that cross if he had wanted to. He was God. He could have done whatever he wanted to, but he submitted himself to it. And the enemy is going to say the same thing to you, especially when it comes to forgiveness. Save yourself. They deserve it. They're wrong. They're messed up. They shouldn't have done what they did. You don't have to forgive them. Save yourself. 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 That's the devil. That's the mockers that speak to Christians and tell us, don't forgive. They don't deserve it. She don't deserve it, what she said and what she did. She don't deserve it. Save yourself. That's the kind of things they'll say to you. I promise you, most of us in this room have heard those words. You will hear those words for everything that Jesus said on that cross. Everything He said, you're going to hear the same thing. Save yourself. There were two people crucified with Jesus. You ever thought about that? I've wondered about that. Why just two? I mean, I've seen pictures, you know, where there were 19 people lined up the road... You know, them Romans were brutal, buddy. That's, they'd, they'd hang you up there in a heartbeat. And I've, I've wondered, Lord, why were they just two? I mean, besides the Bible said you was going to be crucified between two criminals, there could have been ten criminals. Why just two? And I believe, what, I feel like the Lord showed me this, is because on each of those other two crosses, all of mankind is represented. All of mankind, is, you know, it's the dual race thing. Cain slew Abel, you know. The wheat's in the tares, the sheep's in the goat. 
Because one of them mocked Jesus. One of them mocked Jesus. Another one said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That's what one of them says. So we are either in one of those two categories today. Either you're mocking Jesus, you're a cross. We're all on a cross. That's the thing we don't realize. We're all bearing a cross in a sense. Okay? The cross that many of us bear is the mocking words of one of those criminals. And actually, if you really study that word criminal, you know what it really means? It means terrorist. That's what kind of people those guys were. They weren't just, you know, pickpockets or, you know, robbing houses or breaking into store. That word is a powerful word. In our best word in the English language today would be a terrorist. Jesus was hung between two terrorists. See, we're terrorists, really, when it comes right down to as far as God's concerned. We're either the terrorists just saying this, mocking Jesus, you know, just saying, blaspheming Him, saying things like they've said to Him, refusing to accept who Jesus Christ is. Or we're the other old terrorist over there, repenting. Remember me, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom. Remember me, Jesus, because I know I'm going to die here pretty soon. Now, I want to ask you a question this morning. I want to ask you, which one of those thieves are you? You know, which one are you? Are you the one that's saying, remember me, Jesus? Because every time somebody wrongs you, you've got to be one of those guys who says, remember me, Jesus. I forgive them. You hear me? Everybody close their eyes. I want to say this. You are one of those thieves. You're one of those terrorists. I don't know which one you are. But that day, both of those guys died. And one of them went to hell. And that's just the, that's the bottom line. That's the truth. That's, but the other one went and was with Jesus. Because Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. And I want to offer you an opportunity this morning as we, we're going to do communion. If you are the thief that mocked Jesus, and your life is a mockery to the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to ask yourself, do I need to get off this cross and go get on that other one? The one that says, Jesus, remember me. I'm a sinner. I'm a terrorist. But remember me. I repent. I'm giving my life back to you. Now, I want you to ask yourself that question this morning. Which one are you? Which one are you? Just ask yourself that question. I also want to ask you the question about this, about forgiveness is have you, are you forgiving? Are you a person who forgives? Is there somebody you hold a grudge against this morning? Is there somebody you got all in your heart against this morning? And now's a good time to release them. There's a man in this room who's a tremendous man. But I have seen that man in the last two months get totally derailed over unforgiveness. That man has as big a call on him as anybody I know. He's a powerful man. But he, has, he got into bitterness. He got into unforgiveness. And his spiritual life has been, been stalled out. And I pray for that man this morning. I pray for all of us, man and, men and women, young and old, that we would forgive. That's what being a real Christian is. At least that's one-seventh of it. The Lord's willing we'll do the other six next week. So we're going to do communion now to celebrate the resurrection of Christ.
if you um, if you wanted if you were one who wanted to give their life to Christ this morning, we'll pray for you. We'll have a couple people that'll be standing right over there. And you can ask them and they'll they'll lead you and help you pray. If you want to give your life back to Christ, if you've taken if you've taken your weight life away from Christ, in other words, if you're a backslider, we'll pray for you. So get a couple of people in the ministry team to stand over there. And if you just need um you know prayer about the unforgiveness issue, please get that. Please please get free of unforgiveness. Please do. It is so critical. You will not escape unforgiveness. It will go with you everywhere you go. It will go home with you. It will go to work with you. It will go to church with you. Everywhere you go, you're going to face the issue of forgiveness. And please deal with it. Amen? Please deal with it. Because that's what a real Christian is. is somebody who can forgive. It's somebody who will forgive. What I'd like for us to do, just to make it orderly this morning, is... Um, like we do things orally, right? So I, I saw that look. She's like, he's going to do something orally. <laughs> well, go down that aisle over there. And then you can go, you know what I'm saying, go down that one and go down this one. So everybody needs to be going this direction. One way, up, up, and then down. And, um, you know, if, if there's somebody, I'm going to tell you this, if there's somebody in this room that you need to go to, now I'm not talking about somebody as, you know, you're ugly and I don't like you kind of thing. <laughs> You know, I don't, we don't need any lines lined up beside all the ugly people like me. Just kidding. But you know, you know what I'm saying. But there's somebody that there's been a division with between you and they. And you really need to get it right to them. I really encourage you to do that. Go get it right. Go humble yourself. Say, I'm, in, I'm off on this deal. Can you forgive me or, or whatever? Like, we got problems. Let's work through them. That's important. Do that. You know, and let the Lord set you free. Amen? Y'all with me? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to bless the communion this morning. Lord, we thank you for uh, the resurrection. Lord, we thank you that uh, for John and Heidi doing this, setting this up. Really nice. Lord, I just pray we'd go out of here different people. I pray, Lord, that this morning you had really spoke something to us that's real, God, and that can affect our lives, God. Not just in this room, God, but we could go out of here and be real Christians, God. We could be people who would walk in the resurrection power of Christ, God. And I ask you to do that, particularly in the area, if there's unforgiveness, that we would deal with it. Lord, those in this room this morning who can't forgive themselves, that they would get free. Those in this room who are just battered by and reminded constantly of their sins, that somehow you would let them escape that, God, and let them know that your blood is sufficient. And Lord, those of us who hold in all and refuse forgiveness, Lord, that we would let it go. We just let it go this morning. We'd forgive fully and completely. Lord, I ask you that in Jesus' name. Just bless us. Amen. So, when you're ready to do communion, you may start.